right before the intro to the thing. We're gonna we're gonna have a a quote sponsor as the music swells and as we fade in. So perfect. We're not we're not sponsored by Mastercard yet. Hmm. I don't know if the, if um Mastercard I, would want us. I'd see. shill for Mastercard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious, and I don't know what episode it was that I titled it "Connor will shill for anyone." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> it is the Super Clash Podcast, a podcast about shorter games. It is episode sixty-seven. I'm your host, Kale. Hey, it's Connor this time. <sighs> what a week it's been! It's been the longest short week ever. I feel you there. I think it's because. People are trying to make up for that missing day, and so they pack everything into four days, which mm, makes it like yeah annoying. <laughs> but uh, I'm just glad it's the weekend. It's a beautiful day. It's, we're, we're recording on a Saturday because we couldn't get together uh, on Friday because yeah. you you had something going on that day. Yeah, I can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you talk about it now? Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you. Um, so I went to the orchestra performance of harry potter and the half-blood prince um our local kc orchestra every year puts on a handful of movie related uh performances where they put on the film and they instead of the movie playing the soundtrack the orchestra plays it that sounds like a really fun experience it's a lot of fun you want to know what makes me the most sad though what that during covid there was supposed to be a Jurassic Park one. Oh, I think I remember you mentioning that before COVID hit, and you were like really, really excited for it. We got tickets. It was canceled. I was so, so sad. And they have not rescheduled it. So on the roster, um, we've seen the previous two Harry Potter movies, and then we saw... Oh, gosh. Which Star Wars movie was it? I think it was Empire. I... F- I f- feel like you mentioned it was empire I, I think it was so we saw empire and then um the one that's coming up in january is black panther hmm so that had a lot of interesting music so i'm curious if they're gonna have some different musicians in there because there's a lot more like tribal music in it so i'm right. wondering if they're gonna have a lot more percussion um brought in maybe mm-hmm. even some special guests maybe from africa that would be Super dope. That would be dope. Um, so we're gonna see that, and then I'm really hoping. I really, really hope they decide to do the Jurassic movies. I I wonder if it's like a like a rights thing, you know, to where they they had they had their rights for it on that day, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit, and they had to go through the whole process again. Yeah. Plus, so plus they have to like squeeze it into like their other like their other scheduled events, and so who knows? Maybe next year. Yeah, I mean, you should try to get a ticket at some point. I, I want to. I, I need. I need to check. Uh, I know Lily and I have talked about it. I know it's not terrible. It's like forty-five a ticket. Like, and if they're only doing a couple performances a year, I feel like you could justify that. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, it just sounds so much fun. <laughs> it was. A, it was a good experience. And then as we're driving home afterwards, the Royals game had just ended. And there was fireworks. So oh, we got cool. to see fireworks on the drive home, which means they won. No, wait, no. They they have fireworks every Friday. Yeah, whether they win or lose. Yeah, which is most of the time now. So <laughs> yeah, but it used to be good. What seven but, years ago? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but we're, we're we're not a sports podcast. I can tell you why, but we're not a sports podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so tell me about uh, Baymax, Cotter. Baymax exclamation point. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I, know. I just have <laughs> I just have Baymax in the notes. Um, it's a Disney Plus series. And they're kind of shorter episodes, and it's the adventures of Baymax on his own. So, have you seen Big Hero 6? I have not. Oh my gosh. But but I'm familiar with it. Okay. So, quick, super super fast uh, description. Big Hero 6 is about a a young boy who's very, very gifted and... Um, he builds robots and his older brother built this robot to help people. It's basically like a doctor robot. Mm-hmm. I, I do know about that. Um, named Baymax and his brother ends up passing away and they, he tries to turn Baymax into like this, like battle robot superhero essentially. And that's the plot of that movie. At the end of that movie, um, hero ends up going off to college 
So in this new series, Hero is gone during the day going to college and Baymax is going off and around the town just helping random people with stuff. And it's the cutest show I've ever seen because <laughs> the whole plot is just Baymax wandering around the town, this big goofy guy, and anytime he sees somebody who needs a little bit of help, he doesn't stop until he's helped him, whether they want his help or not, <laughs> right? But at the end of it, he truly has helped them, so they're grateful for it. And then while Baymax is trying to help this lost cat um, who has something stuck in his throat, he ends up running out of power and getting lost. Oh, So no. Hero goes around because he has like a record of everything that Baymax has done during the day. He goes around to all the people that Baymax has helped and they're all like, yeah, we'll go help you find him. So he has this big group of people that are helping to find Baymax, you know, like returning the favor. And it's just like, it was so cute. It was the cutest show I've seen in a while. Nice. Uh, Lily and I, we actually watched a series called The Devil in Ohio, which is on Netflix. Okay. Um, it stars Emily Deschanel. For those unfamiliar, if anyone's seen the show Bones, yep, yep, yep. she plays the, the titular character. She was also in a um, one of the Stephen King movies from a while back. Too. I don't know, but basically the, the whole story is um, Emily Deschanel's character, Suzanne, uh, she find she works at a hospital, and this and the hospital picks up a girl, um, that seemed to have gotten away from a cult, and mm. um, because she has a pentagram, um, cut into her back, mm. and uh, so they're trying to figure out who did this to her, um, who this cult is, all while S Suzanne Emily Deschanel's character kind of takes this girl into her home to try to like protect her, and. So, and then the, May, May was the girl from the cult's name. So, May gets to know this family. She she becomes pretty good friends with one of um, Susan's daughters. And it's it's all around a really interesting show. Mm -hmm. it, it it takes a while for it to really get going. But overall, I thought it was, it was really entertaining. Per it's a limited series, kind of like how Midnight Mass was. Is there a supernatural element to it? Uh no, it's it's all it's all pretty grounded. Okay, see that's what I I saw that show on there too. I haven't watched it, but I saw it was there, and uh, I was tempted to watch it, but I was hoping it had a more supernatural twist to it, kind of like uh, Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. No, this 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 stays pretty pretty grounded. Uh, the one thing that kind of uh kind of broke my suspense suspense of disbelief is that it seems like um. Suzanne is more of a psychologist than an actual doctor. Hmm. Um, it it kind of goes back goes back and forth. Uh, them the the idea that she was in a cult doesn't come up until about halfway through the series, hmm. and it and this takes place in the modern world. Like there's iPhones, there's modern music. They mention Hamilton, the the musical, which is less than five years old mm -hmm. of a musical, and. So cults had to have existed. I I don't understand why the character wouldn't look at at May's back. It has a pentagram carved into it and say, "Uh, I don't know, abusive parents." Yeah. I don't know, like that 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 was one thing that kind that kind of bothered me a little bit. And even and even Lily agreed saying, "Yeah, that's kind of weird." But the, the rest of the show is pretty good. Yeah. So, I I'd say give it a watch. It's uh, about eight, seven episodes, each one about forty five minutes long. So it's not, so it's not that long to get through it. Okay, I might add it to my list to, of stuff to watch. I, I still think Midnight Mass was way better. Yeah, I've been looking for something to scratch that itch for a while. Cause yeah, man, I I want to go through a rewatch of Midnight Mass. I do too. You know what? We should do it for a spoopy season. If we both have a day Ooh, off, we just yeah. watch it together and just have spoopy vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm down. I'm down, man. So over like I said, overall it it it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Lily enjoyed it. Nice. So check it out. Especially if you if you like bones, uh and you you get to see Emily Deschanel act. 
So she's all right. She's not yeah, bad. She's she. Um, it's 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 kind of hard to kind of um not see bones in, in her performance because she does still kind of have a little of bones mannerisms a mm. little bit. But what can you do if that if that is like the biggest thing that your career is was yeah and part of those mannerisms might just be her own natural mannerisms mm-hmm. so but moving on connor let's uh you played the far cry 6 uh voss dlc yeah i did there's there's three pieces of dlc for it where you um play these interesting little stories that are you know maybe anywhere from an hour to like three hours to beat however long you want to spend playing them where you can play as Voss, you can play as Pagan Men, or you can play as John Seed. Um, I chose to do the Voss one, which is called Voss's Insanity, I think. Mm-hmm. And it takes place after the events of Far Cry 3. So you know, spoilers, at the end of Far Cry 3, Voss Oh no, spoilers for a 10-year-old game. Voss is killed, right? Yes. And he wakes up after this in this weird parallel dimension where it's you're on an, the island except for like there's sharks flying through the sky and like just weird there's like lava alligators and like that sounds pretty cool actually it's it's really weird and like you shoot people but they like t- poof into a cloud of dust after you shoot them so the primary objective is to find these pieces of a blade and return it to what is her name the main antagonist in that game she she like the tribe leader yeah what's uh, her name she's not really an antagonist she she can be she's like she's like with voss though right uh she, she was voss's sister yeah, but he's got like a weird thing with her, doesn't he? Kind of. I, I can't remember everything. I'm looking up the character now. I didn't remember enough of it to like appreciate the lore that much. But uh, uh, Citra. Yes, yeah, Citra. Yeah. So you're collecting the blade for Citra. And along the way, you're reliving these weird experiences, sometimes from the point of view of the person you were antagonizing in the game. So, um, you, you, the scene where all the people are in buckets, you know, are buried in sand and have buckets over their head. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you get to see that you get to, there's an experience, I think, where the main character in the first game gets pushed down this giant ravine and you have to jump into that giant ravine. And so he's making commentary along the way, like, oh, man, I really got to do that. Well, all right. Did they bring the old voice actor back? It sounds like him. Good. Um, because because you can't have Voss without that voice actor. Like That voice actor was so good at that performance that they built this, this whole character around him. Because Voss was really supposed to be like a minor character. But yeah. the voice actor was so good that they made him like a main antagonist as a result. So it would be almost um, heresy if they brought in a new voice actor. Yeah. And... The interesting part about this gameplay is if you die, you lose all of your stuff unless you've unlocked perks to keep some of it. Hmm. And you cannot, you have to do it all in one run. So you can't just like save and then come back later to do it. So it's almost like a roguelite uh, yes. st- uh, DLC. Yes. Which and- is an interesting take on a Far Cry um game i'm yeah. not sure what the right word for because it it's not it's it's part of the fire cry 6 but it's dlc yeah so and and you kill enemies and you unlock more money which then allows you to um to purchase additional perks and weapons and also you can find these hearts that are around the map and if you pick up the hearts, you can choose to either sell the heart and get money or take the perk that it offers you. And um, so the gameplay experience kind of changes as you go. And you can even try for like better runs. It keeps like a leaderboard for hmm. this game where you can try to do better and better each time you with, play through. With the hearts, do you lose those when you die as well? 
unless you have perks that say you get to keep them. Yeah, okay, so so this this almost seems like it was inspired by Returnal, because because Returnal is basically supposed to be played all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would pick up parasites that that can give you a boost, but at the same time they could ha- come with a drawback. If you die, you you go back to the beginning of your ship. I mean, that's at some point with Returnal, like after the third boss, there's there's a halfway point you'll start at. Mm-hmm. But it it's, it seems like there there's a lot of inspiration taken from a whole bunch of different ro- roguelite games for yeah. this DLC. And, and Trey and I were playing it together. Thankfully, they offer co-op, and you don't have to purchase the DLC if somebody else already owns okay, it. Okay, so maybe we should play it then. Yeah, I could bring you in. Now that I've played it and I understand it a little better. I need to reinstall Far Cry 6. Oh, gosh, it's like... Over a hundred gigs now. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, the gameplay will be up on the channel. But we found out about the the punishment for death in a very funny way. Yeah, <laughs> Trey was trying to. I don't remember what he was doing, but he was fighting one of these guys, and I just watched him get knocked off a cliff and just fall to his death. Oh And he no. comes back with nothing but a pistol and like you know his his senses about him <laughs> so it was really funny to me um i hope i hope he got all that we were having some recording issues while we were playing where mm. his computer would lock up and oh. so we had to like restart the recording twice so <sighs> technology love, love tech hey our our computer that we're recording on now is having don't, internet issues don't say it oh no <laughs> gone <laughs> man that that's one thing that i think that like really irks me i thought about this the other the other day i think if there's one thing that irks me is when things just don't work Mm -hmm. and this is why i feel like for the most part working in the tech industry would probably be not for me (laughs) because like i've always felt like i was always like one step behind when it comes to technology um Hell, even the other day after the after PlayStation Five rolled out the official update, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, "Huh, variable refresh rate." So I click and test it and say my TV doesn't support it. I'm like, "What?" I Google it, saying that my TV does. Mm-hmm. I have a 2.1 HDMI. It's in my PlayStation. It's in the right HDMI, but it's not. But still, saying it doesn't support it. So I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was getting really like al- almost irrationally frustrated about it because mm-hmm. that's just one thing that really pisses me off when I I when things just don't work. Did you ever get it solved? If no, not, I have an idea. Um, no, because I f- I figured it was like the day it w- it rolled out, and the only ones I could find uh were from like 2021 or whatever where. PlayStation had like pseudo VRR. It wasn't actually official. So here's something that might irk you a little bit. Your HDMI cable may not be enough. And I'll tell you why. So I found this out myself. I was having some weird um, video stutters. And I found out that I could not turn on VRR either. Come to find out, they sell three different types of HDMI cables now. Really? There's ones that can do 1080p 60. There's ones that can do 4K 60. I think that's the one I have. And there's ones that can do either 8K or they can do 4K 120. You need the one that can do 4K 120 slash 8K. Oh, to so be able stupid. to use VRR, I, I I need to I need to see for sure what I have. Maybe I have the 4K. Maybe I have the 8K. But that's that's so stupid. What? Why isn't there just just a standard 2.1? It could run anything. I don't know, man. That's that's so stupid. I, I do not want to spend the forty fucking dollars on something. I'll, I'll just stick with. I'll just go without variable refresh rate. Who cares at this point? Yeah, because now I'm at the weird stage of like. I bought one of those cables, and I'm like, do I buy another one? I'm like... <sighs> so, explain like I'm five. What What's the point of variable refresh rate? Does it just make it smoother? It's supposed to make it, it smoother, yeah, essentially. Like, that. if I had to boil it down the most, um, and it allows for a game's refresh rate to go... I, 
believe anywhere from like 120 um, down to like 60 when it needs to. So you're not locking in at one um, frame rate, essentially. Hmm. To, to me, that'd be almost Perfect. distracting because because if you if you go from 60 to 120, that that seems like that's a big jump. Yeah. Like I, I, I would much rather have a locked frame rate. I think a lot of people do prefer it locked, but then there you have just as many people who would say, Hey, I don't really notice it that much when it drops between the sixty to one twenty. I just want the gameplay to stay smooth. And so that's what they stick with. Mm-hmm. Um but the the only thing I could I can see that useful is Bloodborne kinda has this really weird thing. Um, I don't know if it if it if if it could be fixed when playing on the PS5, where if you press circle to dodge, there's like a half second delay, mm-hmm. and I did and I looked into it, and some people want to connect it to like um, uh, like refresh rate, mm-hmm. and so some people recommend turning on game mode because game mode kind of um, it skips a few steps for the for the display, which which renders your um the reaction a little bit faster and that's why we we were having issues a cut um a while back with halo mm-hmm. where the sound was out of sync is because um your tv was was skipping a few a few things on the display so i can understand uh like a variable refresh rate having a higher refresh rate helping with reactionary games like that mm-hmm. but if you're just a, playing like a first person shooter or or an RPG, I don't, I don't really see the the benefit of it. Yeah, I would agree. You might want it in like a racing game or something too. Maybe, maybe you're playing a Twitch shooter too, mm-hmm. but but we don't play Twitch shooters. <laughs> yeah, I'm still mulling over buying because what I had set up requires three HDMI cables. Mm. I have Mm-mm. one coming from the TV that goes into an 8K splitter that splits it out between my Series X and my uh, uh, PS5, that way uh, I can take advantage of the ARC port mm-hmm. that way, right? Or the the port that's meant for gaming. I forget which one they call it. The ARC port, I think, actually has my speaker system into it. Regardless, I was having lots of issues. I bought one of those. I just hooked the PS5 directly, skipping the splitter, and it worked great. I even tried passing it through using the the splitter and it worked so do i buy two more of those 8k cables maybe i do mm. but it's gonna be like another 60 bucks probably i think there were 30 bucks so a cable. stupid so stupid so yeah but so today or at least this episode we'll be talking about the visual novel katawa shujo I, I don't know if i said that right did i say that right katawa shoujo yeah katawa shoujo um, i'm too white for this shit <laughs> But before we get into that, Connor, let's get physical. All right. It's going to be really short. We have one game. <laughs> Mercifully so, I think, because we've had a lot of games the past few, right? Yeah. Uh, the only one that really pops up between now and our next one is the Pretty Girls Game Collection 2. It's approximately $35 on Switch and approximately 31 on PS4. It's a fun box exclusive game, but it's also available at Video Games Plus. It includes Pretty Girls Panic Plus, Pretty Girls Mahjong Solitaire Blue, Pretty Girls Mahjong Solitaire Green, and Poker Pretty Girls Battle Fantasy World Edition. <laughs> um, so basically, it's a, a card game collection, right? Uh, with pretty anime girls. There you go. And pre-orders will also include a free stylus. And this releases September 16th. Nice. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's all I got, <laughs> man. All right. Well... Well, let's get, let's get going, man. We we're already about half an hour in, so we have half an hour to, to talk about this pretty fascinating visual novel. And I I have a lot we can we can talk about because this game, if players don't know, it has multiple different endings and outcomes. This th- this was a much better visual novel um, than a Winter's Daydream. I almost wish we would have been able to play this over Winter's Daydream mm-hmm. because the thing with uh, Winter's Daydream is it was just you press a it, it was it was a linear story that you just read and as i mentioned in that episode i literally just put on auto scroll put my switch down and just watched it you know in hindsight my, my logic back then was 
if I'm going to get Kale introduced to a visual novel, let me pick a short one so he can have, you know, like some experience with that. Right. In reality, maybe it was better to choose a more substantial one with a far more interesting story, mm-hmm. even though it takes longer to play, you're going to get a lot more out of it. So maybe that was it was my mistake for having that. But, you it's, know, it's fine. So uh the game is developed with game. The visual novel is developed by Four Leaf Studios. And I was surprised this was released in 2012. Yeah. So almost 10 years ago, or almost 10 years, 10 years ago. And I played it right around when it was released. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and you can generally complete this in about seven and a half hours. The only way you can play this is on PC, but it's free, mm-hmm. which, which really surprised me. I was really surprised that this was free. The story is when Hiso Nakai, not Nakai, not, not, I don't know. I'm 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 never good at the Japanese names. I still struggle trying to say the names when I'm watching anime. <laughs> but um, Hiso, a normal boy li- living a normal life, has his life turned upside down when a contingial contingial oh my, congenital. Man, my God, my I can't read today. Fuck you, ADD, <laughs> ADHD, whatever. Uh, heart heart de- defect forces him to move to a new school after a long hospitalization. Despite his difficulties, he so is able to find friends and perhaps love if he plays his cards right. Yes. So this visual novel has a whole, like a massive cast of characters to the point where like, as I was playing this game, I had to write, write them down and kind of what their, what their uh, angle is just so I can remember them. Mm-hmm. So you have the main character, he so, which as I mentioned, like, um, it, it opens with uh, a girl named Iwakano confessing her love to him. And this shocks him to a point where he has a heart attack. Turns out that he has a heart arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And because his heart is so weak, he needs to be sent to a school where there's a 24-hour nursing staff. Yes. So he so starts off a tad ableist in the beginning say by saying, I don't want to go to this to this disabled person's school. This is stupid. But it, this probably just stems from the shock of his condition and then moving to, an, to another school as a result. I think, it, you know, you have a couple different ways you can perceive that. So he has to... Uh, he's probably depressed already right. from having to be in the hospital. He mentions at a certain point that, you know, even his classmates stopped visiting him. The girl who asked him out has stopped coming by, you know. So he's he's probably very disabled. Or, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's depressed. Pro- depressed because of his disabilities, what I meant right, to say. Right, right, And um, probably feels like he can't do anything, like he's walking on eggshells. And that his parents are shipping him off to this place, like a, you know, like tossing away a broken toy. It's probably mm-hmm. how he kind of feels. And... I don't know if it's more that he's looking down on the people that go there or if it's more he's looking down on himself. Yeah. And and ableist is probably the wrong word for it. Um, I'm just, that's kind of how I felt. The, or, or that was kind of the vibe I got in the beginning of the story. It's, it, it's very clear as the story goes on that he's not ableist. He's just he's just basically like a fish out of water in, in this where he was living a really normal life that any... I don't know, 16-year-old boy would live, mm-hmm. and then, boom, he gets thrusted into this this new world. I like how you channeled the 16-year-old boy when your voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I'm going to leave a note in her locker. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I definitely think he does have a lot of character growth. But He does. So, um, and as the story goes on, you meet these characters. You meet... Uh, you're gonna have to help me with these um shizune shizune yeah uh who's deaf and she's the class president um her translator uh misha who is who is very bubbly and and likes to laugh yeah she's kind of like her polar opposite (laughs) exactly like um shizune did i say that right shizune yeah shizune is very like matter of fact very serious by the book even though she she's she's mute she's very serious yeah she's deaf and mute mm-hmm. yeah um and then you have uh 
you, you later meet a, a guy named Kenji who's in your dorm. To put bluntly, he's an incel. Yeah. Uh, like a hardcore misogynist incel going on these massive rants about the fe- feminist agenda and war on men and everything. Yeah. Um, then there's Lily Sato. 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 Forgive me, guys. Um, Lily, who is in a class for the blind because she's partially blind. I, I don't think she's fully blind, but she's partially blind. I think she's fully. Okay. She's fully. Uh, Genji is partially. Okay. Genji, not Kenji. Gotcha. And then there's uh, Hanako. It... Yeah. Who is who is was burned. I never I never got a chance to expand on her backstory because I went down I already went down on a certain path that didn't involve her. Yeah. And then there's Emmy who has prosthetic legs and she's on the track team. She was probably my favorite character. If I if I could go back, I probably would have gone down her path. Mm-hmm. And then there's my path that I went down with Rin, who has no arms. Mm-hmm. And each one of these characters are is really interesting. They're they're fairly complex. Yes. Um, and little decisions can can totally screw up a path that you were going on. Yes. And it's it's really one of those things that kind of threw me for a loop, because. Um, it's not obvious, uh, what a decision, um, can, what, what results and a decision can, can have. I think that's the fun of a visual novel. Exactly. Though, yeah. Well, like, not exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's like real life in a way where mm-hmm. like you have mm-hmm. no idea how an interaction you have today is going to change the path of your life. And right. that's kind of how it is mm-hmm. to be, cl- to kind of make things uh clear like i have very bad add it's generally very hard for me to sit down and read something this is one of those things where like i was fairly engaged with what was going on on um on screen uh i was able to pay attention for the most part near the end it was it was very difficult for me to kind of to uh pay attention but i but that's why i have everything pulled up here Mm -hmm. um i went down the ren path so I, I found I found out more about her and what her deal is. I, I found out that. Hold on. What I want to say is. OK, go ahead. Before we talk about these paths, the games, the way you play these games is very dependent on um, the decisions. So I want to give everybody a warning now that if you want to play this game and you don't want the paths discussed uh, to be spoiled for you, maybe you could stop it and then come back. Yes. If you've played it. Um, but if you don't mind, then we are going to talk about, you know, uh, Rin's path. We're going to talk about Shizune's path, Misha's path, and the Genji path. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this here's here's your final spoiler warning. So it turns out that Rin, she's an artist, and and she has no arms, so she, so she does art uh, with her feet, and she produces very good work. She she painted a massive mural for the school's culture festival, and the art teacher said that there are some people who are interested in her art, and and he's really pushing her to create a gallery. But he's almost pushing her to the to so hard to the point where like he's mentally abusing her. Yes. To do it, like he he is very mentally abusive, to the point where like. Rin is a really interesting character because she doesn't show much emotion. She's she's very matter of fact and very aloof mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, it's it's like like he's so good to say, "Hey, a penny for your thoughts," and she's like, "I don't have a penny." Mm-hmm. It's like she she like she 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 doesn't quite get like um what's the word look for like like idioms and like mm-hmm. like like how people interact with each other. Yeah. But that could be because she's being like abused, and she, who knows? Yeah, and she doesn't. I remember her playthrough being very interesting. Uh, for transparency, I've played through all the paths uh, a couple times, and and over the years, and her path was fascinating to me because she doesn't. She's not a very open book person. No. You know, she doesn't talk a lot about her life. She doesn't really express herself very much. Um, and I just felt 
this weird melancholy when I played through her. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you felt. Um, she, she started growing on me near the end. Um, when when she kind of started opening up a little bit more, there there was one moment that made me really kind of like her. That's when she attempted it for a hug, mm -hmm. and he says like, "What are you doing?" Because all she can do is kind of just lean up against you because she can't, she doesn't have any arms to 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 wrap around you. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the times where he so becomes um comes to terms with his condition, and. Because Ren says, yeah, your heart does sound weird. It sounds like out-of-sync percussion. Mm -hmm. And Hiso says, I'm sorry I'm such a mess. And Ren says, in her Ren way, it's okay. It's the best part of you. Mm -hmm. And that's when Hiso cries for the first time for his condition. And that was probably, like, the warmest thing Ren has ever said. The most, like, like... I guess unlike Rin, because it it didn't feel like Rin to give compliments like that, or 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 say something like that to make you feel better. I think it means a lot because she is a very matter of fact exactly. person, and if she's saying that, she's not lying. She no, believes that exactly, and that it it would have it has much more weight coming from her than if it was like either emmy or or um, um hanako or lily mm -hmm. um and it's like i was i i even made a heart emoji in my notes for that because that was so <laughs> cool i was like yeah. th that's when i really really started to enjoy going down the rin path and um i have the rin path actually right here um what's the i got the good end for for Rin, yeah, every character I think has a good and a bad. Has it some some even have a neutral ending? Yeah, yeah, and I think the fun part about playing these paths is you get to see very human characters. None of the characters are without flaws, and I'm not talking mm -hmm. about their um, various ailments. I'm talking about like personal character flaws. You know, none of these characters are perfect people. No. They they make mistakes. They do the wrong thing sometimes. They lash out. They'll lash out. Some of them do, you know. Especially, you know, I played the, the She's in a Path. Her issues with Lily as a character, her her anger towards her, is something that, like, was off-putting to me personally. But at the same time, I you, know, you have to make the concession of, this is a person with complex feelings and emotions, and of course, they're not going to get along with everybody, mm -mm. right? And, you know, that's the one thing I love about this game is these feel like very genuine human interactions. They, all the characters are, are well-written. They feel like people instead of just eye candy. I don't know if you want me to go down. I can tell you about no, the she's an path. I, I am fascinated because because you you mentioned that you went down a couple of paths, um, I didn't want you to tell me anything. I I, I want to hear everything live right now so okay. I can so I can capture <laughs> the reaction. Okay, so I went down the. Uh, we'll talk about the bad end because I, I, I was gonna say I got one of the bad ends intentionally, and I know you got the same one, but we'll talk about that one after I think. Okay, that way we, you know we can both share our thoughts on it. Uh, I went down the Shizune path. After I got the first bad end. And the Shizune path revolves around the student council. So Shizune is the president of the student council. And she is on the council with only one other person. And that is her friend uh, Misha. Misha is serves as not only a translator. But she is very complimentary to Shizune in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, Misha is very bubbly very friendly and uh she's an a can be very harsh and direct and aggressive so when she's translating for she's an a it almost softens the blow in a way you know and so they are very very adamant about getting you to join the student council i do remember that that's one. that's one of the first decisions you can make in the in the game yeah and one of the interesting facets about it is to go down this path, you have to demonstrate a character trait that Shizune likes. Otherwise, you, 
you know, you can't choose this path. It, the game will not send you down this path of action. And you get to spend more time with her as a character, learning more about her flaws, her strengths. And over time, you have a desire to teach yourself sign language. And so your character, Hiseo, learns sign language to try to communicate not only because he wants to get to know her better, but because he wants to take some of the pressure off of Misha playing middleman all the time, mm -hmm. right? And you eventually get to meet Shizune's family, and you come to find out that her dad is uh, kind of like one of those hustle bros. Like, you know, got to grind every day, got to do this. He's very aggressive, very mean, and he has zero interest in learning sign language to accommodate his daughter. Oh, that is really sad. He instead sent her to all these different things to try to teach her to learn how to communicate with people better, but never himself tried to, you know, learn this language. And as a result, Shizune has a younger brother who also does not know how to communicate with her. They make her write in a notepad to talk to her. That's so sad. So it explores that facet of her character and kind of explains why she's very uh, direct and aggressive and very goal-orientated, wants to be the top of the top of the top all the time. And it's because of her upbringing, basically. And then also you get to explore a little bit more of her rivalry with Lily. Uh, Lily used to be on the student council, and um, Lily is not as go, 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 go. She's more of a go-with-the-flow character. And then... Shizune sees that as a laziness, as a yeah. weakness. Mm -hmm. I've, I've noticed that when I was interacting with Lily as I, as, as, uh, I was walking with her uh, to the convenience store because Hanako got caught up in a book, and so she asked me if, if I could help her grab some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think also a very integral part of the story is the relationship between Misha and Shizune. And that is where your path can kind of divert a little based on how you interact with them. Over time, you will notice that Misha starts acting different. She, as you become closer with Shizune, she becomes a little bit more distant stops hanging around as much. And one night, um, after you started dating Shizune, Misha will come to your dormitory and ask if she can spend time with you and you have the option to comfort her or ask her to leave. Hmm. If you choose to comfort her, you go down the Misha path, which is a bad path. Um, really? Yes. She will proposition you for sex. And you will have sex with her, um, after which the situation gets very rough between Misha and Shizune. And try as you might to patch up that relationship, it never goes back to the way that things were. And you come to find out that Misha had feelings for Shizune. Misha is either a lesbian or bi she asked she's an a out once and was rejected and has ever since been you know she still loves her but she has been spending time with her as a friend and when you came in Hiseo came in and took over and and had this relationship with her it really hurt her and so it's it's a shame that the path of comforting her leads you down this path and leads it to where you end up with neither of them and you fade apart. Mm -hmm. And that's a real shame. Whereas if you kick her out, she thanks you for it. And she says, you know what? That was probably for the best, you know, and you begin mending that relationship between the two of them, talking things out, 
reiterating that you guys are friends, you need to work this out. And by the end of it, that results in a better ending for you and Shizune, where you see each other continuing to be in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I just, it's a shame that the Misha path goes that way, but I think it goes that way for a reason. Right. So, uh, what was the other ending that you got? The Kenji one. Ken oh, yeah, the Kenji one. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and I was mispronouncing it Genji earlier. I In my head, I remembered a G, but it's with a K, yeah, so you were right. Okay, yay, I was right about a Japanese name. Kale was right once. We'll give him one point up this, on the this, board. This is history of Super Clash. I actually got a Japanese name right over Connor. <laughs> you can put it up on the board. There yes, we go. <laughs> yes, because usually you're the one that has to correct me when it comes to Japanese names. <sighs> it's easier when you've heard them, I think. True. In this, you're just reading it. So yeah, kind kind of like when I was reading, um, Komi can't communicate. I kept pronouncing a Tadano Tadano. Mm -hmm. I so. think the fun. I don't want to have a, a long aside here, but I think when it comes to Japanese names, um, you have to pronounce all the syllables and pronounce them fast. Is typically a good rule of thumb. So Hiseo would, I believe, be the correct pr pronunciation of the main character's name. But it would be said fast, so it was like, Hiseo, you know? Gotcha. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, moving the, on. The Kenji the Kenji ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get on the... During the culture festival, you... He asks you on the roof, and if... And this is if you have not taken any of the paths. Yes, your character reflects on the fact that he hasn't developed any close relationships with any of his classmates, and he seems very somber about this. And Kenji approaches you the night of the festival, asking you to come up for some drinks on the roof. And mm -hmm. because you don't have any other plans, you accept these. Yep. And you guys basically down an entire bottle of whiskey. Uh, you fall over and die. Yeah. <laughs> Kenji's an interesting character. Because... Like all of the other characters who are mostly good, but also have their character flaws, Genji is kind of the opposite, where Kenji has a lot of character flaws about him, but there's some goodness deep down in him. Mm -hmm. um, there's some times in the game on various paths you go down where Hiseo is going through some tough emotional issues and Kenji will sometimes be there and I don't know if intentionally or accidentally give you good advice and I think that Kenji is kind of putting on a facade because there's some times where Kenji will bring up the fact that he had a girlfriend that he broke up with I remember that and he will reflect on it positively and when you bring up the fact that don't you hate all women He's like, well, not not all of them, just just the feminist, you know, like so there's some, you know, chinks in his armor in, in a way, you know, where he's not all bad, but I think over time, maybe through a bad relationship breakup or, you know, just isolation, the fact that he's just weird to begin with, he's kind of went down this path of you know, like you were mentioning kind of like incel behavior of mm -hmm. like, I hate the feminist. There's, they're a war against us. And he has these conspiracy they're, theories. And <laughs> I guess there are several interactions like, Hey, I have a pamphlet. Do you want one? Yeah. And like, maybe we should go, you should come into my, to my dorm. Um, cause I'm about to finish up my fort. And yeah, it's, it's very weird. Like neck beardy shit. And the thing is you kind of, feel for him because in a way I think that's his own special way of trying to make friends I think he sees Hiseo as a friend because he's maybe the only one who interacts with him mm -hmm. and so he'll ask you to do favors for him or you know he'll, he'll ask if you can borrow money for a pizza or you can pick up his mail or yeah He'll, he'll ask you for various things or he'll want to like come into your dorm and hang out with you or have you come to his. And I feel for him in a way, but at the same time in real life, I don't think I could interact with a person no, like that. No, that. that's, that's kind of what I 
what that was kind of my sentiment too. I did my best to try to stay as far away from him as I can, because uh, when when uh, Rin met him, for one, like as we said, Kenji is like legally blind. Like without his glasses, even with or I should say, even with his glasses, he can't see four feet in front of him. Yeah, exactly. And he thought Rin was a man for for one. And he held out his hand to shake her hand without knowing that she doesn't have arms. Mm-hmm. And he gets really mad at, at Hisho for joining an art club because uh, he's being indoctrinated. Oh, he gets mad at you for joining any of them. Trust me. And he gets mad at you for joining the student council. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I want to be away from you. You're, you're kind of killing, killing my good vibes here. Mm-hmm. So, But I think that's also a really strong part about this game is you take the good with the bad too. You know, mm-hmm. you, not every interaction you have with everyone all the time is going to be sunshine and rainbows. So Kenji kind of balances that out. You know, he's the, the oddball kind of cow. You just want to avoid him. But at the same time, you know, I think he's there too during your character's hard points to be like a bouncing off, situation you yeah know? yeah but what did you think Let, let's say this was your first visual novel experience if there were more games that gave you this kind of decision making ability with this kind of character development would you be more interested in visual novel oh i absolutely i i would be more interested in this if i had to do anything i would probably wouldn't would want something a little bit shorter because because mm. because like i said earlier like after near the end, it was very difficult for me to just pay attention, just be just just because it, like I didn't have the energy for it. Because mm-hmm. f- for a story like this, I could understand it being seven and a half hours long because there's four acts to it. Um, there's a lot of paths you can take. There's a lot of dialogue, but I would probably want something in like half the time. Personally, it's hard. It really is to strike a good balance because one of my other favorites, The Fruit of Grisaya. Um, it's also about a 40 hour game if you try to do all the paths. And I think you run into the issue of if it's too short, you don't develop the characters out enough, Mm -hmm. but if it's too long, it, it can become a slog at times. Burnout. Like there's definitely some very like dry parts to the game where if you skipped through it, I don't think you'd miss much. However, I think it's almost like the time investment makes you develop a more of an attachment to these characters mm-hmm. in a way. It lets you get to know them more. You pick up little pieces of their personality, their backstory a little more. And if you play through the entire game, go down every path, you really get an understanding of all the different classmates and how maybe they don't understand each other very mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, and I I want to make I want to make this statement as well. This game was community developed. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, because the opening credits were were a bunch of people with like um um usernames. There there weren't actual names, and it is very impressive to have these fifty or sixty people come together from different parts of the world. They they most likely to not develop all this in the same room. Yeah. There had to be a lot of coordination in order for this to work, and it fucking works. Yeah. And, like, there there are AAA companies that have 500 people all working, to get, working together, and yet they still somehow botch a release, Battlefield 2042. Yeah. I mean, you can forgive a lot with this game, too, mm-hmm. where... The story is so good, the character development is so good, and it's all so cohesive that you kind of overlook some of the stuff that would tip you off that it was community-made. Whereas, if you look at the character designs, some of the characters are designed in different art styles, if you've noticed that. Yeah, um, especially because, like, Misha, like, the way she was designed when when uh, staying next to uh, Shizune, mm-hmm. it, they looked like it, it, it was a little bit jarring. Yeah, and Emmy it has more of a, a scratchy hand drawn design to mm-hmm. her, um, and then some of the cutscenes it's clearly a different artist making the different scenes. Cutscenes are beautiful, characters. by the way. Yeah, so you can forgive all of that because 
everything else is so good that it, it doesn't matter that the characters don't have a uniform art style or that, you know, they don't have a ton of different background tracks. Mm-hmm. There's a few and they sound good, but, you know, there's not a ton of different. No, the, 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 the music kind of uh, cycles between maybe four or five different tracks. Yeah. So, so which... it's it's a great game, especially the fact that it's free. Oh, yeah. And I really hope that someday this game can get a physical release. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we can have this to carry on. Absolutely. Um, but before we wrap things up, you you actually played this on the um, Steam Deck. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this game does not natively run on Steam Deck. I will say that right now. Um, what you can do is... The Steam Deck has a browser that runs on Linux. If you go to the browser, download a, a web browser, um, be it Chrome, Firefox, whatever, and then download the game from the website, you can, uh, after you extract the file, there's an executable in it that you can assign to an icon on the Steam Deck store by doing an add a non-Steam game. Mm-hmm. However, when you first load it up, you'll notice that the screen is like down too far and it's cut off. So it doesn't look right. It, it's not meant for this. What I ended up doing was I looked up the screen dimensions for the Steam Deck and then I opened the text file for the game where you can see the dimensions of the game and I tweaked it to match what the Steam Deck was. And lo and behold, I p- go back into the, the Steam Deck's steam layout hit launch on the game and it popped up perfectly to the correct dimensions. man i it, that's amazing how like valve have thought about people who want to download a non-steam game they they, they had that option and it ran perfectly i had one game crash after i'd played it for like four hours straight jesus man one game crash and I can't even give it too much of a dig, like, because this kind of game, if you don't know if a visual novel, you want to save often. Yes. So I didn't lose too much progress, just back to the last time I saved, and never had another crash after that. So it can be done, and it runs damn well. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Overall, I, I would give this game like a 9 out of 10 for me. Like, I, I really enjoy, enjoyed this I keep going back from game to visual novel, but I I enjoyed this quite a bit. I would say visual novels are games. They're they're interactive enough. Okay. Um. So I'd give it probably, gosh, a nine point five or a ten. Like, once you've played through all the different character paths, you really appreciate the amount of work that went into this mm-hmm. game and how much these characters are just fleshed out. Like it's it's great and. For me, it will always be this one and the Fruit of Grisaya will always be my two games where I'm like, I, I want every other visual novel to be on this level. I mm-hmm. want this level of quality. It's the bar that has been set, you know? Yeah, and and I, and I really hate hate that sometimes. Yeah, because you're chasing that that feeling mm-hmm. every time. I, I did for years. I played those. Those were two of my very first visual novels and i love and regret it because i have such strong feelings about them but at the same time there's only a handful of games that have gotten close to that over the years yeah and just just in general when it when it comes to like really good games like i don't mean to keep mentioning the last of us and the brutality that the last of us has Mm -hmm. it's very hard to find a game that has like the kind of brutality that last of us has and and not not to say like I enjoy the brutality of La- of Last of Us, but what I mostly say is like I enjoy how visceral, yeah, the violence in that game is because, uh, because it feels real and there's a lot of attention to detail in such minor mm-hmm. ways that just add up to so you know such mm-hmm. great gameplay. Because play. especially since the AI in Last of Us Two, like will call out um the name of the person you killed, like. Um, it's like they killed Sam, you know, or she killed Sam and that 
and that makes it real Mm -hmm. and it makes you realize that you literally took like blew the arms off of someone with friends and and everything so a person and it's it's very hard for me to find a game that kind of um uh lampshades that trope of killing nameless people yeah and not to go on a tangent but i think there's a there's a subset of the player base who i don't think got it they still see ellie as this ellie and joel as these perfect flawless hero characters that have always will do the right thing oh yeah and if you can't look past that and see characters as being flawed and multidimensional, mm-hmm. then you're not doing any justice to the storytelling. Exactly. That, that has been presented to you. Mm-hmm. Cause Abby, even though, even though like it sucks, it makes sense that Abby killed Joel. Yes. You, if you aren't able to empathize and understand that there was another side to the coin the whole time, then it's, I don't know, it's like almost like a childish mentality. It's a lack of empathy. It's toxic. It's toxic gamers. I don't understand it. You can dislike her, but you got to understand why it happened. That's the Mm -hmm. thing that I will always be hung up on is you don't have to like someone or their reasoning to understand why they did this. And and I've I've said that several times is you don't have to like Abby. You, You just have to understand her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we keep going back to the Last of Us in several <laughs> episodes. Probably because I'm replaying the game, and I want to. I want to replay. Um, it just came out too. Also. Well, the, at least the remake did. Which yeah. maybe we should play a little bit after this. I'd be. I'd be really interested. I contemplated it. Be, yeah, you listened to the last episode about that whole bullshit. <laughs> but it 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 is really hard. It's really hard for me to to point point of the story is that it is really hard. When you play something that's so groundbreaking for you personally, maybe not to everyone else, but to you personally, to try to find a game to scratch that itch. Yeah, that's what I run into a whole lot of Mm -hmm. is I I feel like when a game sets the bar, I want other games to play that well. It was it was like like we we talked about Portal in the last episode as well, but um, mostly Portal 2 that was my standard for puzzle games for a long time. I played a lot of puzzle games then, but nothing hit like the amount of quality and the amount of fun I had with Portal mm-hmm. until I played Superliminal. Yeah. And I mean, this goes with every facet of a game too. Like if I played Super Mario World, it is a very snappy platformer. Like the controls are perfect. And if I play a game where the controls aren't as snappy, that is immediately going to feel like a clunky game to me. Mm-hmm. Because my comparison is that. Or, you know, love or hate Call of Duty, it is a snappy first-person shooter. The controls for it are good, right? It is the bar at which it, first-person shooters should yeah, be with, at. With, to Call of Duty's credit, their control scheme is now somewhat the standard for most first-person shooters now. And if you play a game that's not as snappy as that, it feels, what, clunky, right? Yeah, it, it feels doesn't slow, feel right. Unless it's by design. Yeah, unless it's by design. And so when you play games like Gears and use the cover system in Gears, you expect all games that are third-person shooters to have that good of cover system. Exactly, and and it's kind of like when we talked about... Um, uh, spec off the line we had an issue with the cover system being mm-hmm. s- being slow and responsive or it's because we played gears and gears had such a well um refined cover system that it kind of took away from spec ops even though spec ops's story was really good so i think you know going forward as you play more games you get more games under your belt your expectations and your your standardization of games you expect a higher quality, right? So like 10 years from now, after we play even more games where the, the controls are even better or the storytelling is even better, the visuals are even better, you know, mm-hmm. the expectation is going to be higher. Yes. Um, turning this back on to uh, Katawa Shujo, mm-hmm. um, allegedly there is a sequel in the making. 
they've been saying that for years. I thought it was canned because they couldn't get all the people back on to do it. Really? I don't uh, know. That was years ago that I read it was canned, though. I'm I'm really not. Uh, yeah, like some some of oh oh wait, never mind. That's an April Fool's uh, article. Because I just read April April Fool's Katawa Shujo two canceled, but the last update was in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it, it's probably just um, in development hell, unfortunately. It's it's hard with these community driven games. It was a miracle that the first one got made, probably. And yeah, it's it's hard to say like in what chapter or what walks of life some of these community members are in now, like. So like some of them could have could have helped out when they were single, but may, they may have kids or maybe may unfortunately, maybe some of them passed away or, you know, this game is free. So maybe people didn't want to do free work anymore or they used this game as a jumping off point into a career and no longer have the time to yeah. do that. You know, so it's hard to say, but overall, wholeheartedly enjoyed this game. Um, we, we need to see how long, what, what was the other visual novel? What? That you mentioned? Oh, Fruit of Grisaia? Yeah. We need to see how long that one is, because I'd probably be interested in that. I, I love Fruit of Grisaia because the story for each of the characters is very interesting. It's a very similar situation where you go off to a, a private academy and, um, but your character has some weird thing about him. The only thing I will say though is the main character, you're going to have to get over the fact that he is a little bit of an edgelord. Oh. He's an edgelord. He's not a very endearing character, but it's the characters that are around him that are very interesting characters. Okay, cool, cool. So, so maybe, maybe down the line, I mean, we, we, have, we have a lot of games yeah. on our list, so we'll probably get to it eventually. Fruit of Grisai is also on Switch, too. It's oh, on good. Switch and PC. So... so Next week, however, um, we'll be playing a game that I'm actually really excited for, Maneater, where you basically play as a uh, genetically enhanced bull shark. So it, I, I got I got a lot of, uh, oh, what was that PS2 game? Jaws Unleashed vibes from, from at least looking at some of the gameplay. It's an interesting game from the gameplay I've seen of it. It's a shark PG. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? It, it might be a lot of fun. I'm I'm interested. Plus, we got that free PS5 upgrade. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you have it on PS4 or what do you have it on? Um, I downloaded it for PS4 when it was free, but all I have to do is go to the store and get the PS5 upgrade. Yeah, as long as it. Yeah, they they also put it on Switch too, which is interesting. I'd be I'd be really interested to see how it runs on Switch. I've heard well, but but we'll see. But that'll just about do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Like and subscribe if you like the show. Or if you don't like the show, tell your friends. Maybe they'll like it. So anyway, guys, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time.